0: Welcome to National Parks Traveler, where we explore the national parks and the issues that involve them.
1: Yosemite National Park is one of the jewels in the crown of the national park system. It has soaring walls of granite, feathery waterfalls, and high country that takes you into a transformative realm of nature. This is Kurt Repencheck, your host at National Parks Traveler. This week, podcast writer and producer and Yosemite first-timer Lynn Riddick, along with her traveling companion Michelle Hogan, take us on a trip to this national park, which offers more than 800 miles of hiking trails. They share their light-hearted impressions as they hike along three of the more popular of Yosemite's trails and the conversations they strike up with some interesting people along the way. We'll catch up with Lynn and Michelle after this short break.
0: Did you know our partner, Interior Federal Credit Union, serves members nationwide and in the American territories? They are part of a cooperative credit union network with 5,600 shared branches and 56,000 totally free ATMs nationwide. Many of the ATMs are located in common places like 7-Elevens, gas stations, and CVS. Need to perform an in-person transaction? Not to worry. Use the locator tool on their homepage, interiorfcu.org, to find the closest branch to you. Go in, let the teller know that you're a member of Interior Federal Credit Union, and they can look up your account to help you with your questions. It's simple, easy, and convenient. Acadia National Park is one of the ten most popular national parks in the United States. It's also one of the smallest and most vulnerable. That's why Friends of Acadia exists. Friends of Acadia is an independent organization of passionate people, inspiring those who love this magnificent park to make a real and lasting difference for Acadia. You can make a difference at friendsofacadia.org. Washington State is graced with three spectacular national parks, each different and special in their own unique ways. As the official nonprofit partner, and the only philanthropic organization dedicated exclusively to supporting these parks through charitable contributions, Washington's National Park Fund has a mission to raise private support to deepen everyone's love for, understanding of, and experiences in Mount Rainier, North Cascades, and Olympic National Parks. Share your passion for these parks at wnpf.org. Western National Parks Association is a nonprofit education partner of the National Park Service. WNPA supports parks across the West, developing products, services, and programs that enhance the visitor experience, understanding, and appreciation of national parks. Learn more at WNPA.org. It's our last
2: night in Yosemite. My college pal and traveling companion, Michelle Hogan and I have put in three good day hikes. After we treat ourselves to a socially distanced dinner in the grand dining room of the historic Awani Hotel, a view of Yosemite fall framed by a towering window, we head out to the parking lot. Our plan is to drive to an open meadow where we can have a view of the night sky, unobstructed by the valley's soaring walls of granite. We are delightfully surprised by a loud serenade of frogs croaking away in a small pond in front of the hotel. The frog chorus is just one of the memorable sounds and sights of our visit to Yosemite National Park in April.
3: Coming out of the Iwani, thinking it was (laughs) pre-recorded
4: nature sounds. That's
2: how jaded we are. We
3: think every
4: nature
2: sound is, you know, recorded and something played in the lobby of the Las Vegas
3: (laughs) casino. And there was a pond right outside of the walkway, the entrance, and sure enough, that was a symphony we just heard. Fantastic, <laughs> it was
2: fantastic. Okay, so we've pulled alongside the road and wow. we're mm-hmm. waiting for our eyes to acclimate so we can get a good look at the night sky. Here comes a car with some headlights uh-huh. and hopefully they'll pass and we'll have some nice darkness. Uh-huh. It's already amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, Compared to the stars that I can see at home, and the stars I'm looking at now, just no comparison, right, Michelle? Yeah,
3: though it's a full sky. There's so few cars sneaking by. I wish I could identify some of the constellations, though. There's the Big Dipper, but that's an easy one. Big Dipper is always... Walk
2: this way a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I wow. Here Here we go. go. Wow. Oh,
3: nice. (laughs) Wow, that's fantastic. Thousands of stars (laughs) in the sky. Wow.
2: Did you see it? I saw that falling star. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) It'd be nice to spread Uh a blanket on the ground and look up without craning our necks, but it is 45 degrees also. (laughs) (laughs) But you get to lay back. Now's when you start thinking about the bears. (laughs)
3: <laughs> creeping around. Yeah.
2: You know, what's really interesting is that the stars are so low in the sky. You can see them so low. Just <gasps> Did you see oh, that? No. Shooting another star? One,
3: another? Oh, fabulous.
2: A trip to Yosemite is all about hiking, climbing and enveloping yourself in nature. We knew when we planned a trip for April, some of the park's roads would be closed and some of the notable day hikes would be unavailable. Tioga and Glacier Point Roads are usually closed till late May. The Mariposa Grove Road was closed because of the devastating Mono High Wind event in January. It swept through the park and toppled 15 giant sequoias, one monarch tree likely a thousand years old. But with just three full days to explore, we still found enough trails that offered incredible scenery and got our heart rates pumping. Our first hike was a slow and deceptively steep incline to the Vernal Fall footbridge with an over-the-water view of the lower part of the fall, then up to the top of the fall via the John Muir Trail, then back down on the Mist Trail. So here we are the trailhead for the Mist Trail, Vernal Falls, yes. Nevada Falls, and John Muir Trail.
3: It's, uh, it's popular, as you can see. Yeah,
2: I see. we see about
3: 20... <laughs> 20- people in front of us kind of family some kids a lot of kids it's supposed to be in the low 60s today yeah right now
2: what is it 10 a.m right now
3: and it's um 43 and sunny So what So what was your take on the reviews that you read about this trail we are well, starting out on? The first one was like skull and crossbones warning. <laughs> and you're taking your life into your hands. And then the others were quite positive with a sprinkling of, you know, be careful. The granite's wet. The steps are uneasy. But it wasn't uh, foreboding like, you know you're you're going to lose your life by doing your this hike (laughs) one of the most positive ones she and her daughter hiked it she was in her early 50s her daughter was 21 and they said they were in good shape but it was still a challenge so um we'll see yeah Yeah. (laughs) everyone's spin is so different too isn't it like well everybody comes (laughs) from a different point of view different experience exactly different altitudes
2: (laughs) Fitness level.
3: Um, Fitness level, perseverance, <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> preparedness, like bringing water and a snack,
2: Here's having some. the
3: right footwear. Been playing,
2: uh, <laughs> I like to think that we're prepared.
3: I like to think we're prepared too.
2: I live in San Antonio, Texas at 650 feet above sea level. Michelle lives outside of Denver at 6,800 feet. So it's understandable that I start getting winded a little sooner. And though tennis workouts in the hot Texas sun help to keep me in shape, Michelle seems to have me beat, thanks to her four or five times a week, Peloton workouts. So feeling the need to take a rest break and Michelle kept walking for about half a mile, I think before she noticed I wasn't behind her.
3: Sorry, Lynn. <laughs>
2: I'm glad oh, you where'd didn't you go. Where you? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't feel the obligation or the responsibility to wait for me. That's good. <laughs> Every man for himself up here in the mountains. <laughs> now it looks like Uh-oh. it looks like the worst may be
3: over. At least we I are approaching a downhill strip. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I, I had to get up that hump, just head down because <laughs> I, I saw shade in the distance
2: when you start feeling your heart pumping in your throat yeah I gotta sit down and take in some oxygen and calm that down
3: I'm wondering where what the altitude is where we're at here. It says at the uh, like you climb a thousand feet in one point seven miles
4: so.
2: Well, we might not be as high as your home in Castle Rock, Colorado yet. <laughs> not yet.
3: It helps to, uh, living at that altitude for sure. All right. I think I'm ready to... Ready to... trudge forward. Okay. We got
2: to go past all the hikers we
3: already passed now. <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
2: All right, well, we made it to Vernal Falls. Impressive, those boulders are just huge. So this is the lower part of the falls, pressing over a wooden bridge, taking a break. A really cool breeze blowing off the water. You can hear the power of the water as it courses through gigantic boulders. Wow. We pass a hiker wearing a baseball cap that reads, Half Dome, I made it to the top. So we couldn't resist asking for a story. 68 year old Steve from Chula Vista, California says he's now well into double digits of climbing Half Dome.
5: I first made it to the top in 1996. I worked with a high school youth group from our church, the First United Methodist Church of Chula Vista. And most of the times I made it to the top, I was with them. But uh, the first time was the best. Uh, there was another time i hiked it just before i had my right hip replaced i think that was my 18th time and uh you
2: saying one eight? yes time? 18.
5: i've hiked it 22 times the last time in the in june oh, right. of 2019. and uh it's a little tougher now that you have okay. to get passes i tried to get passes we're going to be up here in july but we didn't get passes so i'm not going then but it's just a, a total rush everyone thinks it's hard to get to the top it's easy to get to the top Getting down is the hard part, because your muscles ache, your ankles, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, everything aches, and you just have to suck it up and get through it. But it's it's well worth the trip. If you ever get a chance to do it, do it. But you got to train for it. I'm not going that far today, but I'm carrying this big backpack because I want to see if I am in shape to do it. And coming up from the valley floor up to the mist trail to the footbridge is the toughest part of this hike. I'm planning to get up to a point where you can look down and see Vernal Falls from in front of it. and then I'm gonna turn around and come back. So
2: you had a hip replacement and you made it as far as I did today. So yeah, okay. it's a little different so from when you first to, climbed it, right?
5: Yes. The actually, hike in general. Since I had street. my right hip replaced, it's been easier. And to be quite honest, I had my left hip replaced October 20th, just a few months ago. And I'm, this is a test for that too. I've been walking a lot at a local mall in the parking lot, which has an, out, has, it's an outdoor lot, has uh, eight flights of stairs that I hike up and down all the time, because there's lots of stairs on this hike once you get past uh, Nevada Falls.
2: Fantastic.
5: But my favorite place on earth is right, when the falls is like right here, you're about 30 yards from it and it's just roaring, but you're just getting massively soaked by water. <laughs> So you have raincoats. I do. You don't have, a, and the, the thing that worries me is it's, it's gonna get cold fast and you can get hypothermia, even though it's not that cold, cause wow. you're gonna get cold. Uh, cause that water is ice cold. It's snowmelt.
2: Okay. All right, Steve. Well, I know it's been um, harder to breathe in this high altitude and you're breathing through two masks. So <laughs> thank you for taking that extra breath oh, sure. <laughs> to talk to us. Oh, no
5: problem. It was my pleasure.
2: So we're, we continue to ascend on the John Muir Trail, and we're now getting our first glimpse of snow. There's snow melting along the rocks, and we're looking up at this sheer cliff, this flat face of granite.
3: How many feet high? 2,000 feet high above us. And it's uh, sprinkled with veins of black so the granite's kind of a gray-brown taupe
2: and then looking back the other way Mm. we have this phenomenal view of Yosemite Falls the upper and lower portions you can hear it from here how far
3: would you say it was away as the crow flies five miles it's a two-tier fall and the upper fall it's just the water is so strong coming over the rock, and then it just dissipates. It's just something to behold. Like you could sit here transfixed for hours, couldn't you? Yeah. Just, just looking at this scene.
2: All right, we made it up to Clark Point, 5,400 feet above sea level. Absolutely stunning.
3: Sunny, beautiful day. We're looking at these great rock formations. There's Grizzly Peak at 6,700 feet, and then to our right is Liberty Cap at 7,000 feet. It's beautiful. Wow, wow.
2: So we're gonna Uh, keep on down the trail and see how close we can get to the Vernal Fall action, the Upper Falls. Upper Falls. All right,
3: let's roll. came
2: down the most treacherous set of stone quote-unquote stairs no rail at the top there was a rail very treacherous uh, very, some of those steps for lack of a better word had a, a rise of like 18 or 20 inches so so what what method did you find yourself employing most? Coming I do sidestep sidestep. Method side step. Yeah. Uh, I've done that on scary <laughs> ski slopes too. <laughs> Where I just inch my way down when what? I'm in trouble. <laughs> I alternated sidestep front step and then side step the other way. Oh good, so, so yeah. you did the full spectrum. <laughs> you just didn't go backwards <laughs> in
3: reverse. There's
2: no, I mean watching people going up that, I'm so glad we didn't go I up am that too. way. yes. Uh, and you know, an elderly woman sitting there with uh, really probably no idea what was in store for her. Exactly. But anyway,
3: there, there's a like a good fear. Yeah, it's right. a focus. you got to focus. It or the is. You're putting. But when you're looking down at it, it's like, whoa.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway, we're, we're about midway down the falls, oh the Bernal falls, <laughs> and taking a pause in the footwork to look up and see this glorious waterfall. Stunning. Yeah, it's, it's a, an emotional um, feeling. <laughs> no words. And I'm starting to feel some mist, so I think the... Worst mist is yet to come I think so. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Okay, we did it.
3: Wait, we, wow. We're heading back to the car. Five hours. <laughs> Round trip with a little detour here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor navigation Took a
2: wrong. turn and added an extra. <laughs> half mile to the walk back to the parking lot, but hey, that's okay, that's what we're here for. We're in the shade now, it's beautiful.
3: How do you feel about the hike, Lynn? I feel good, it was tiring.
2: I mean, it was very challenging in stretches, in yes. a lot of stretches, but I think, I feel like the, the hardest part was that slow incline in the very beginning.
3: I agree. The elevation gain there, I think, was the most rigorous. Uh, but once we peeled off on the the bypass on the Mist Trail there, uh, that was really pleasant and the slope wasn't as steep. Yeah, it was
2: definitely a great workout, a great first full day in the park, and it's a must for for <laughs> visitors, right? So there were <laughs> quite a few people on the trail, but. Many times we, I felt like we had the trail to ourselves, too. Yes. Just some of the tricky ones coming down the mist trail with the stone, slippery, wet stairs and people being really cautious, which they needed to be, to make it down. But what, what surprised me were the parents, there were a lot of kids of all ages, but the parents that had young kids, like two-year-old kids yes. or babies and you know the high altitude that they had achieved on the trail one guy with a two-year-old on his
3: shoulders (laughs) impressive you know all in all just an excellent day glad we took the route that we did and came down the mist trail versus going up it anyway great workout great hike great to be outdoors great to be outdoors all day So Lynn suggested this morning, if we felt like it when we got back, if we might want to rent bikes. (laughs) And and she just laughed at me when I asked her about 10 minutes ago.
2: (laughs) Rookie mistake. (laughs) Next day, a trip to the 100-year-old O'Shaughnessy Dam and the Hetch Hetchy Reservoir, which provides water for the San Francisco Bay Area. We've got our sights on the Wapama Fall Trail. It's a moderate 5.5 mile round trip hike with 200 feet of elevation gain. We are heading to Hetch Hetchy Reservoir. We're gonna check it out, Uh see what we can find. There's a couple of trails we think we'll tackle. Doing an assessment of yesterday's hike, uh, as far as uh, its toll on our physicality, I feel great. Um, My calves are a little sore, but I feel pretty good other than that. and nothing debilitating, of course. And then I also am really happy to say that I don't feel anything in my knees. My knees feel great. And it was pretty
3: taxing on the knees yesterday. For sure, yeah, no, I don't feel any pain either. I just feel that good feeling of soreness after you've done something difficult. Um, my glutes were sore this morning, <laughs> probably from all the, the steps um, that we took, but f- feel good.
2: The beauty of Yosemite is grand no matter how you slice it. Nothing can take that away. But we would be remiss not to mention the devastation of trees here. Everywhere, hundreds, thousands. Is there even an accurate count? Even before we drove through the park's south entrance by Mariposa Grove, we started seeing downed trees. Hundred foot ponderosa pines and incense cedars. Trunks snapped in two like pencils. Some completely toppled over with massive exposed roots. So many trees in addition to the giant sequoias that were unable to withstand the January Mono wind event that produced winds up to 110 miles per hour. And we passed through acres and acres of charred stumps from recent and past wildfires, some natural, some planned, but others caused by humans. Insects, disease, and diminishing snowpacks producing less water reaching their roots. And then there's the logging trucks we pass on park roads, stacked and loaded down with trees some seemingly 30 inches in diameter from having been cut and cleared from the worst areas, but hopefully off to find life after death, maybe as furniture or lumber, So we are still driving toward Hetch Hetchy Reservoir and the hiking area down here, and um, it's been a great drive from the valley. Michelle, let's talk about what we're seeing here.
3: Yeah, I mean, so you you go out of uh, the park and then come back in, which we're doing right now, and again, a lot of downed trees charred. From last year's wildfires, no doubt. From last year's wildfires, and... um, a lot of pines, meadows, very different scenery than the valley with the, the granite walls, uh, but really pleasing.
2: Hetch Hetchy welcomes you. I was just
3: wondering if we might Gates close a- at 5 p.m.
2: We meet park ranger Dave at the Hetch Hetchy entrance. It's his first day back for the season. He's seeing the newest crop of wind-down trees and is as shocked as we are. He gives us a brief explanation of the complex causes of the destruction of Yosemite trees.
3: What, are, the fire destruction, as we were coming in, is that a result of
2: 2017,
6: fires? there was a big fire, okay. which you probably saw the remnants of.
2: Which one was that called?
6: The Rim Fire.
2: Rim Fire, right.
6: Uh, mm. So that was 2017, and then all this blowdown has just happened in the last two years. If you look around all these trees, we yeah. had a huge wind event up here. Are you from California? No,
2: but we knew about the wind event. We heard of that happened. happened,
6: Probably three of them happened over the last 10 years. But uh, we just had another wind event just this winter, and you can see fresh trees right here. Wow. Because it was like a disaster zone here. The the trail crew came in and they did all the big stuff. You can see all these big branches were on the road and everything, and and then they left a lot of the twigs and things like that.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, too, because I feel like when Hmm. we see all these broken off pieces of tree or trees that are broken midpoint it was from the wind events how does the park know which ones to go in and chop and which ones to leave (laughs) well they
6: have a whole forestry division and they go around but I think they got their hands full on this one Wow! you know so there was our also there was bark beetle infestation for about eight years really so there was fires bark beetle and three wind events. Wow. So you're seeing the, the results of all those over the last 10 years.
3: Wow, yeah, we came in through the south entrance and saw that same sort of And then the fire landscape. over there
6: was last year.
2: Yeah,
3: which one was that
6: Ferguson again? Fire. That
2: Ferguson fire. Oh, the Ferguson.
3: Because
2: yeah. the Creek fire also was. Uh,
6: I know every year there seems like there's a fire somewhere.
2: Yeah. yeah. I see a lot of new growth. We pass through a lot of new pine growth. Uh, yeah, it's so, probably getting
6: stimulated from all the huh. fires and activity and, you know.
2: Yeah. It's got to make you feel better, I guess, when you see new stuff coming up amongst all the stuff that's dying off.
6: Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, pretty distressing. Uh, yesterday was my first day out here since yeah. last oh. uh, autumn and all these oh. new trees that are falling down. I was so shocked. Wow. Uh, there was so much devastation. Our housing mm-hmm. units are over there. You can, when you oh. drive through, you'll look mm-hmm. over there. At, a tree went through a couple of them. A tree went through, wow. 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 Sliced it like cheese. Wow. Well, Fresh let's air. go hit it, Hogan. Okay. Hi. Yeah, go Hi. down there and it check it out. Sounds great. Well, it's thanks right for the there. pointers. Yeah, thanks, sure. dude. And yeah. have you're a great welcome. season. Yeah, have a yeah, great season. Yeah, it's just season. starting tomorrow. I'll, I'll be in uniform if you're around. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks a okay. so
3: bye.
2: Bye. bye. Bye-bye.
3: Wow. Ooh, land. Uh, our oh. first glimpse of the reservoir. Oh. Uh, wow. I
4: That is a
2: dam. You see the dam? Yeah. Yikes. This side of the park definitely has a different feel, different look.
3: Moonscape, that's probably a good word. Not that there's trees growing on the moon. Right, but it's just not as dramatic as the valley because you're in the valley looking up, right? We're at a higher elevation looking down.
2: Wow, look! Look, look, this is a one-lane road we're going over, but it's skirting along the reservoir. It's beautiful. Ah, there's the dam. There's the walkway over the dam. You want to go out and take a peek? Sure. To access trails on the north side of the reservoir, we walk across the dam and through a long tunnel. crossed over the dam and now we're walking through a tunnel to find some trails on the other side of the reservoir and this is a really cool tunnel it's kind of rough cut in the middle it wasn't ever finished out A little wet inside some puddles for sure Hetch Trailhead miles to Wapama Falls. Let's go. Okay. We are approaching the falls. How far do you think we've walked, would you say? Uh,
3: Two miles.
2: Yeah, about two miles. So we've been walking about two miles on the trail and it's been varying terrain. Uh, We just passed through a section of sort of flat rocks that were placed in um, the trail, kind of like the easiest part of the trail we've been on. Maybe, um, actually the piece we're on now is even easier. It's just dirt with uh, chopped up leaves on top of it, mulch leaves, and uh, pretty easy. There's been some ups and downs.
3: Not much change in elevation, a little.
2: Yeah, not too much. We're kind of skirting along the rim of the reservoir See. and starting here the falls. It's, it's nice. It's
3: really pleasant. Temperature's
2: great. A lot of clouds up there, kind of dark, but uh, so far so good. And uh, we're passing some people right now. Hi. And off in the distance, not sure what mountain peak we're looking at, but lots of snow still up there. Pretty snow. As we skirt along, The rim of the reservoir, you can see the bathtub ring indicating how far the reservoir has dropped over the years. And Michelle? Yeah. How many feet? It's hard to judge.
3: Wow. Uh, 20 feet drop? I'd say more than that. 30 feet? Yeah. From the highest part of the ring. As you said, it's hard to gauge from this angle, but it's significant. Yeah, it's interesting though.
2: Just that whole bleached swath that goes all along the water line, showing where the water was at some point. And it had to have maintained levels like that for a long time to have
3: sort of scoured and bleached the rocks the water. way the way they are. It's just a reminder how important it is to conserve water.
2: You know, water is so huh. precious, and I feel like people don't have a good understanding of that because you turn on your tap and out it comes. but. You know, I come from a very arid part of the country, San Antonio, where we are always under water restrictions and uh, water conservation is always foremost in my mind. Um, And you look at this and you look at the drop of water, the drop in the water level, and you know, how much populations have multiplied since the days this dam was built. So the demands of the water and then also you know the changing um, of the climate and fewer snows fewer snow melt you know fewer
3: rainstorms all of it and people could see this i wonder if it would make an impact it is a beautiful view though that we're looking at all
2: right to the falls Public Service Announcement, over. (laughs) Okay, so this is an interesting little pathway we're coming down, a stone, rock-paved walkway descending down to the falls, you know, starting to see the first of the mist. Oh, and there's the first glimpse of the falls up close. Wow.
3: wow wow wow
2: (laughs) and when i say walkway i use the term very loosely it's a little treacherous in spots and here we are at the base of the falls there is a a wooden bridge a beautiful wooden bridge with a nice big warning sign slippery when wet (laughs) here we go Coming up, you can start to hear the roar of the falls. The falls are so loud. I don't know if you can even hear me as I record. Getting the face full of mist. It's really beautiful. Beautiful. How would you describe
3: it? Sheer power. Like the volume of water and the height when it's cascading down is brilliant. Huge boulders, huge. Boulders as big as
2: houses. The water's coming down through a cleft in the cliff, through different levels and layers, and then winding up in a cascade of boulders, just finding all kinds of different uh, paths through the boulders. tumbling on down to the reservoir, which is calm as can be. That is so cool. Wow. and that's the snowpack from the Sierra. Wow. Coming across a couple of guys that are fully loaded down with uh, rock climbing gear. So what's your story? What's your name and?
7: Uh, I'm Trevor. I'm Lucho. And we're going over to climb on Hetch Hetchy Dome.
2: First time to do that?
7: Lucho's no. been over there before. Yeah, I've been coming out here for
8: over 10 years. Oh. And um, have a route that I established oh. about 10 years ago on Wapama Rock. And have climbed on Hetch Hetchy Dome also. But Wapama's now closed for peregrine nesting. So we're oh. going to the next big one that's open. Wow.
3: So. Why do you climb here?
8: For a lot of reasons, I guess. Um, there's a lot of uh untapped potential for new climbs here you also have any route, for the most part to your to your pick you know at any moment because there's no other climbers typically out here um i don't think i've ever seen another climber out here unless we came out together you know
2: wow fantastic how about you
7: (laughs) well you know lucho's been out here a lot so he's gonna show me around and uh yeah, it's cool to be able to come out to a place like this and avoid all the crowds in Yosemite Valley. So. Cool.
2: so how much time are you allotted for your climb here?
8: We typically get like uh, wilderness permits oh. and then either sleep on ledges on the walls or uh, <laughs> things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, typically um, it's hard to do these in a day with the gate hours. So you have oh, to wow. kind of do multiple nights. Kind of trips like backpacking, in a way.
3: How is what is that like? Sleeping on a cliff.
8: Um, <laughs> We've seen it on TV. We've seen it. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. It's, you know, if uh, if you're if it's a big flat spot. Okay. There there are some really big ledges up there. Okay. You know, so um, big, some of them are like
2: two feet wide.
8: No, like about as wide as this, you know, oh. path. Oh. oh okay. Um, well, some well. of them are have dirt and stuff and and are, have soft, some of them are just all rocks and stuff. So yeah, it all depends on what, where on the wall it is. But um, sometimes we carry out these, like, these cots that you hang on bolts that yeah. are. See, so, oh, wow. so I've done that on this cliff, the Wapama cliff. I've brought that cot and it sleeps two people side by side. That's crazy. And,
4: and,
8: uh, and you're not quite dangling in space. You know, you're on a yeah. wall that's less than vertical. With little ledges around and um, a lot of anchor points, so you're clipped in all the time, you know.
7: It's not as scary as it seems because you're like, well, you're you're like hanging in your harness or or just from your fingertips, like in space, all day, and then you finally get to a ledge that's big enough to like lay down on, and it feels super comfortable. All of a sudden, you're not looking down and seeing the ground hundreds of feet below. You like have rock under you, so so it's actually like pretty comforting when you like set up your portal ledge or actually get on one of the ledges. So, cool. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, this is a funny question, but can I feel your hands? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just want to see if they're rough, <laughs> not too bad. You got no, some no. calluses there, but the calluses are what you want, right?
8: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I climb a lot, but my hands never get too bad. Calluses sometimes occur after you've been climbing a lot and then you stopped abruptly and then and then it starts kind of doing weird stuff like peeling and stuff but if you keep climbing i think it keeps your skin pretty thin on the mm. tips oh. and soft mm. you know kind of oh,
3: I <laughs> kind of like <laughs> pumice almost almost, almost yeah, yeah.
8: <laughs> i've been climbing on a lot of really coarse rock on the coast in the bay area and that's uh totally different than this stuff more coarse than this well, cool.
2: So, how long do you think it's going to take you to get to the top of the dome, then?
8: Oh, um, I don't know. We'll probably make part of our way up, but it, it you know, it could be done in a day, with a, in a long day, or it could be done in two days, three days, whatever you want to do, how, at whatever pace, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, you're yeah. you're getting a late start today. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah, we'll probably I know that... just
8: climb a little bit today.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I know your packs are heavy, and that's. <laughs> takes its toll on your overall fatigue level I'm sure so thank you for your time talking to me Uh (laughs) so coming up on a little trickly creek crossing over the rocks (laughs) where does this water come from oh way up there Way up high on the top of the a cliff, a small cascade, a small cascade okay. of water that's just finding an uneven route down the cliff face and ending up right here, in a little pretty pristine, clean stream. Watching a nice little waterfall, coursing over the rocks. So this is Lynn and Michelle and we are on the trail in Yosemite and we'll be right back with more after this break.
3: That was a good hike for today, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, very good. And we still need to get back.
4: Good car.
0: Listener and reader support make National Parks Traveler possible every day of the year. If you enjoy the Traveler's content, please consider a donation via NationalParksTraveler.org. The Grand Teton National Park Foundation is a private. business planning, change management, board development, executive search, or diversity planning, Potrero Group is here to help. They mix a depth of experience in the parks and land space with a breadth of best practices from other industries. For more information or to schedule a preliminary conversation, go to potrerogroup.com, P-O-T-R-E-R-O, group.com. The Blue Ridge Parkway Foundation is the primary non-profit fundraising partner for the Blue Ridge Parkway. It is made up of people who have a deep love for this majestic road and want to ensure that its natural beauty and the experiences it offers endure for generations to come. Show your appreciation at brpfoundation.org. The North Cascades Institute has a large portfolio. It's an environmental learning center, training center, Conference Center, and Leadership Center, all set in the splendor of the North Cascades National Park Complex. Learn more at ncascades.org.
3: And this is Michelle and Lynn. We're back on the trail. Okay, here we are, another beautiful
2: morning in Yosemite. Not a cloud in the sky. Maybe 45 degrees right now. Michelle and I are heading out for another day of adventure. Michelle, what's on our agenda?
3: Well, right now I have to pause and say we're looking at Yosemite Falls on our way over to the Iwani Hotel to uh, start our hike today at Mirror Lake. And we're looking at the falls. You, you, you can't just walk by here. Uh, you have to pause and absorb the, the power and the beauty of the falls. It's, it's just stunning. So we're standing here watching the falls on our way over to the Iwani. And um, so, yeah, we're going to walk up to Mirror Lake. We'll see if we want to go around the entire lake. I think there are different options we have, but we're not going to get in the car today, which is good.
2: And we feel pretty huh. good. My calves are still a little sore, but totally uh, workable, walkable. <laughs> um, and I think Michelle's feeling a little... Uh, glute uh pain too from the last couple of days but (laughs) (laughs) we are no worse for the wear really
3: (laughs) we're still we're ready to go it's a good it's a good uh pain uh in those legs so all right all right here we go here we go
2: so we're walking along the trail and we chance upon our first waterfall Just a little, just a little trickly. Oh no, no! Look up, look up! Oh wait, look way up!
3: Oh wow! I
2: I thought it was just a trickle, (laughs) but it goes all the way to the top of the face of the cliff.
3: Very pretty. What a pleasant trail!
2: Yeah, as we, as we're just starting out, we, uh, (laughs) the trail's kind of going along the road by the Awani Hotel and it's like a boulder field yes. you're kind of walking through sort of a sheltered area all
3: bordered by giant boulders and soft terrain like there's no rocks like yesterday so far it's uh crushed leaves and dirt and it's a nice soft pine needles. pine needles too it's really really pleasant and then we came by that group of <laughs> climbers that was Kind of fun to see, like a little community of about 20 vans. Yeah, they're getting ready for their day. Getting ready for the day, they were cooking up breakfast.
2: A couple of people (laughs) eating out uh, big pots with spoons (laughs) (laughs) and doing some ab work on a mat. Everybody fun to see. Everybody looked a little dusty. Everyone looked dusty (laughs) and young. Yeah, like 20s. So hopefully we can get some comments from them. But here we go, we're just now starting out on Mirror Lake Trail. (laughs) We know that when you come to Yosemite, you need a good pair of hiking shoes or hiking boots or some good
3: footwear that gives you traction. Other than tennis shoes.
2: (laughs) You also, but we came prepared with the right footwear, but we also discovered you need to bring along a geologist, a botanist,
3: <laughs> hydrologist, geographer,
2: historian.
3: <laughs> they would all be helpful.
2: <laughs> because you have, you have so many more questions than you can possibly get the answers to when you, when you want to know yeah. it. Right, so bring along a park (laughs) ranger with you also. It'd be great. A naturalist. A naturalist. (laughs) You know, I have to comment about the weather because it is a beautiful day. Sunny, maybe 55 to 60 degrees, as pleasant as can be. Yet, yesterday when we were leaving Hetch Hetchy Reservoir, we hit a blizzard it was
3: a blizzard (laughs) so it was snowing and
2: snowing snowing we're up at 6,000 feet elevation and the snow was coming down it was accumulating it was just a winter wonderland and uh, i was behind the wheel (laughs) wondering the whole time why my denver friend my colorado friend wasn't driving
3: (laughs) but we made it back
2: but it was funny that we had all that snow
3: yesterday afternoon, huh. and here it is you you would never know it no, it's gorgeous uh, It started out as a wintry mix <laughs> and descended <laughs> into a full winter storm right and we knew it was, we saw it on the weather forecast, Yeah. but you know I didn't know it would snow that much. <laughs> it was beautiful though at the top, and then, as we descended into the valley the The precipitation changed into rain Um, but it was great and people were still out hiking yeah
2: enjoying the day families pulled over the side (laughs) of the road with their kids playing in the snow
3: yes (laughs) yeah that's true that we got to see that
2: We chanced upon a couple (laughs) gazing skyward with a pair of binoculars and a big camera lens and what are y'all looking at? Well, right now we're looking at a northern flicker, red shafted,
9: sitting at the top of a dead snag, uh, advertising to the world that this is his territory. (laughs) We heard him. (laughs) He's drumming away. Oh, there he goes. If you'd seen him, you could, he's called a red-shafted flicker because actually the shafts of the feathers are colored red. So when he spreads his wings, you see this nice red I did see flash. A little, I
2: did see a little flash of red just yeah. then. Yeah. So what else
9: is up there that you've spotted? Oh, well, we have seen lots and lots of uh, Stellar's jays, and we were just looking at a sweet little downy woodpecker. He's just a little guy. And what else have we seen, hon?
5: you might find it interesting to know that the steller's jays are named after georg steller a 19th century german physician and naturalist who abandoned his family (laughs) to join the imperial navy uh, on an expedition to the bering strait where he uh, uh, with vitus bering and it was there on an island off of uh, one of the aleutian islands that he saw uh, he's the first european to see and categorize the Stellar's Jay. It's the same species all the way down to here.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of them on this trip and they're Mm -hmm. beautiful, I had never seen them before. Mm -hmm. So I was thrilled to see a new bird and I'm just getting into birding and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to teach myself about different bird Mm -hmm. species. It sounds like you guys have been doing this for a while. (laughs) Yeah,
9: (laughs) (laughs) for a while, since we were, oh, practically since we first got married, which has been 40 years.
2: Is this your first time in this park?
9: Oh, no, no, I've been coming here, we've been coming here for 40, 50 years.
5: It's such a beautiful place that even if you don't see any birds, you've got to enjoy yourself. Oh, absolutely. And today <laughs> is such a beautiful day. The temperature mm-hmm. is perfect and the sky is blue. And So mm-hmm.
2: what's the best bird you've seen here? Oh, the Pileated Woodpecker. Oh, aren't they awesome to see? They are awesome to see. They're hard to see too, I understand. Uh,
9: We we heard two uh, day before yesterday. We did not see them, but we heard them. Right. Uh, We've seen one here, but it was years, years ago. But he was just dismantling a tree. I mean, literally (laughs) dismantling the tree, just stripping all the bark off. There was a big pile of bark on the ground underneath. It was amazing. i thrilled to watch.
2: So there's a few birds chirping at once. What is the one that you hear the most? Um, We're hearing right now, not far away, the Oregon,
9: or the dark-eyed junco, excuse me, Oregon um, subspecies. Um, Pretty little, cute little bird. It's a kind of sparrow uh, with a black hood and um, kind of a pale body. And when he flies, you'll see two little white marks in his tail. And uh, he's very common around here, very common in the cap sites, um, abundant throughout this area.
2: He's got a sweet little twitter.
9: He does, he does. He also has a very, very high pitched little dry call note that you could almost not hear. But.
2: Okay, we made it to the Mirror Lake. We're getting our first glimpse. Uh,
3: kind of looks more like a swamp than a lake. What it do does. you think? I guess my expectations are a little different, but the surrounding scenery is quite lovely.
2: We're passing a few more people now. Just passed a family of eight. (whistles) Trying to figure out what that bird is. He's got the distinctive call. It looks like
3: a red-winged blackbird. Yeah, we're spotting him in the binoculars. Uh, And that... And they hang out in riparian areas. Blackbird, we definitely see the red on his wings. Yeah, I think it is. They have a beautiful song, don't they?
2: They do. He's got a view of the half dome behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky devil. <laughs>
3: yeah, there he
2: goes. Oh, oh see, so you can see the yep. red on his wings. How pretty. Yeah,
3: red-winged
2: blackbird. So we stumbled upon Marcy and Bob from Sacramento and they are here on the Mirror Lake Trail wearing bicycle
4: helmets. Okay, I'm curious. Well, um, yes, we've come to, to Yosemite many times. I've come since I'm a little girl and so that's well into to 70 years and my dad came when he was a little boy so we're a long time yosemite aficionados but this is the first time we brought our bikes and it's just spectacular to be able to take in all this incredible gorgeous nature and scenery on our bikes and you know we we have to focus on riding it's because, true but, uh, every,
10: every time you look to the side or wherever it's like you're looking at you know half dome or El capitan, El capitan or I mean, it is yosemite spectacular. Falls.
4: it's just spectacular and you're
10: riding through the trees I and mean, you just cannot beat it it is yeah. so gorgeous
4: I was here when I was a little girl here at Mirror Lake, and um, the lake was much fuller, and you really could get a full perspective. Right now, there's a lot of meadow showing, so um, we're, you know, we're definitely concerned about the water flow and what's happening to the land.
2: And you said you're in your 70s. Yes.
4: Yeah, no that's way. hard yes, to believe. Yes. Awesome.
2: Okay, oh, thank so, thanks. to <laughs> bike riding. You, you too, Bob. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> me up for your health plan <laughs> <For> your
10: <regiment. laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's yeah it, it hasn't caught up with us yet
2: <laughs> you know,
10: don't let it. Right. as long as we can ride you know for a couple hours and yeah, uh, you know we're, exactly. we're, we're doing great you know
2: so yesterday we were driving back from hetch hetchy reservoir and the snow started to fall and it was beautiful it was like blizzard conditions i was wondering if we were going to make it back and then we meet Marcy and Bob, and they tell us that they were on the trail, the mist trail, and they got caught in the snow. so what was that like?
10: well, well the, the the way up um, it, it was I had on rain gear, but not enough of it, but then it started hailing, and so it hailed all the way till I got to the top of Vernal Falls.
2: Excuse me for interrupting, but you should have had your bike helmet on.)
10: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so in the top of the fernal, so Marcy had come around the the Muir Trail and and come up. And so to meet her, I had to go out from there toward Nevada Falls and then up up to Clark Point, which was a a good up. Uh, And by about halfway up to Clark Point, I, I, I realized it wasn't hailing anymore. It was now snowing. Uh, and so then, and Marcy called me on the phone, and she said, "Have you got all your gear on?" And I said, "Yeah." And it's like it was really cold. I wish I'd brought my gloves up with me. But uh, anyway, so it was snowing, and then I kept going, and uh, I mean, it, it was it just kept snowing. It just had it had snowing. Had no choice. You <laughs> no, just, no, exactly. <laughs> anyway, and then there were big piles of snow somewhere in the the, the the switchbacks to get down, that you had to kind of tromp through snow to get down.
4: But I think we learned that the weather can change in a moment's oh my notice we didn't expect it to it to it to hail and to snow and all of a sudden we had all we had to put all our clothing on and 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 scramble down the mountain
10: wow. cuz the, the weather forecast was for really it was, cold. Yeah. it was cold the weather forecast was not for it to be so cold and it was for like .01 an hour which is just a drizzle okay. but but it was not that wasn't the case it was it was really coming down it was coming down <laughs> yeah it was really fun
4: and here we are,
2: it's gotta be 65 degrees, sunny.
10: Yep.
4: Under Half Dome. <laughs> Under Half Dome,
10: oh my goodness, isn't that
4: true? So, uh, we're on the last leg of our
2: hike. We're on the Valley Loop Trail right now. Um, impressions of
3: the Mirror Lake experience. Oh, enjoyed it, it was an entirely different hike. It was more in the trees and boulders. The links, lovely, it's obviously a popular area. There were a lot of uh, cyclists. Yeah, it's just a nice walk up there. It's not arduous.
2: Right, this was the easiest of the three hikes we've been on the last three days and uh,
3: um, (laughs) we timed out well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, by no means a piece of cake. It still had some, you know,
3: a little bit of elevation, some steps to climb. Five miles, I think, round trip from uh, the lodge so it was just ent- entirely enjoyable <laughs> p.s
2: we thought we were done with that walk <laughs> we took a wrong turn somewhere and wound up i don't know an, an, an extra enemy. hour of walking when we were already exhausted but we finished that and we decided to treat ourselves on our last night at the awani hotel a uh, beautiful big dining room There's a live pianist in the background playing, and we're looking out at the Yosemite Falls. So, Michelle, what a nice trip. Cheers, Lynn. It's been a blast. It's been fun, and we've learned a lot, and there's still so much more to learn.
3: (laughs) Come soon.
1: That's our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. In the weeks to come, we'll be taking a look at some of the issues confronting Grand Canyon National Park and the state of the country's National Scenic Trails. Places like the Ice Age National Scenic Trail, the Continental Divide National Scenic Trail, and the Natchez Trace National Scenic Trail. What kind of shape are they in? You might be surprised. For The Traveler, this is Kurt Repencheck. See you in the parks.